I can keep an eye on The street below Alfred says I have trouble With intimacy But people often die When they get close to me I'm kicking and punching Welcome back, folks, to the DC Threekly Batman Eternal podcast. I'm Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. And we are going to talk about Batman and Robin Eternal number four. Just be warned, there will be plenty of spoilers discussed about the issue, which was uh, scripted this week by Steve Orlando with pencils by Scott Eaton. Um, It begins literally the page after last week's issue where uh, Bruce Wayne is at a party on his behalf and he is being attacked by people bearing axes and knives and all sorts of wonderful cutlery trying to kill him. Uh, Dick Grayson shows up and tries to save him and is fighting them off, but he keeps getting interrupted in his communication with Dick Gra- uh, with Tim Drake. Rather, The uh, call keeps dropping. Eventually, it looks like they're about to get overwhelmed, and then the We Are Robin kids show up, which was actually a very pleasant surprise, I think. I did not expect them to be a part of the series, so it's cool to see them show up. They start kicking some ass, things get a little bit rough again, and Batgirl shows up. And, uh, yeah, a good chunk of this issue is just spent to Batgirl, the Robins, and Dick fighting off all these agents of Mother in a kitchen. And there's a lot of uh, really great Steve Orlando dialogue. Like, Wayne, drop the amuse-bouche, go limp. That's, ah! such, that's such a Steve Orlando thing. That was going to be my one thing. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> that's, that's two weeks in a row, folks, that Brian ruined my one thing. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, then we go back to the Batcave where Cassandra is wandering around and Harper tries to stop her, but then eventually decides not to and just lets her go. Uh Steph Brown is yelled at by Jason and uh, Tim for letting them go. And then we see Dick decides he's going to go to the Drake house to get some answers, as he says it. And then at the end of the issue, we see that there is some sort of implant on Tim's arm, and he gets a phone call from Mother. Did I miss anything you guys think is important to the plot, or is that just about it? No, I think that's good. pretty on, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what were your thoughts of the uh, the issue this week? So, I thought it was a really fun issue, and I, I think it was refreshing. Um, I guess the, the anytime you have the Bat Family together, you know, we, we like to talk about how refreshing it is, you know, to see <laughs> the, the, the youth. Um, all together, but I thought it was even better once they threw Bruce into the mix at this uh, at this party for him. And, and and if you think about the average fight in a Batman comic book, it's you know on the streets, in the shadows for the most part, at Arkham, some dark you know whatever. This was at like a party, and there were like. <laughs> Wacky uh, cooking utensils being used as weapons. Yeah, a knife was pulled out of a piece of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of those knives where like what, two people are like it needs to be manned by two people or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, I'm sure Steve Orlando would know the actual name of the the utensil, but um, but yeah, it was. Uh, 
I, I thought it was just a blast. It was a fight unlike what you see in from a Batman comic usually. And I think that's that's you know, probably due to Steve Orlando's writing. But um but the way that uh they staged it visually as well, it was just there was always something going on and it was you know, you saw it from a lot of angles. It felt like a full party that was all of a sudden chaos. It it it's really funny after having interviewed um, Orlando, just how much, how much of him you can see in this comic. Like it, you know, you're right. Like it just, just everything about it, you can just see him, and that's really cool. I think you know sometimes in the like the weekly books, the voices don't come through as much. I feel like. Yeah, well, and I think we saw that with Seeley too. You know, yeah, Seeley is another example. I feel like both the Batman Eternal. The original one and and this one are doing a great job of really like showcasing the the creators' voices, rather than it just being like a, a homogenous thing. I also mm-hmm. think it's interesting because I would say Scott Eaton is an artist who I don't think he necessarily does the work you would expect from a Steve Orlando comic. If that makes sense, yeah, like they're they're not a natural pairing, and to still have both so much of Orlando's voice come through was really great. Speaking of Eaton's art, I um so that first page, it was kind of like uncanny to me how much Bruce looked like Capullo's Bruce. Like I centered on that and I had to like flip back for a second to like oh. make sure I clicked on the right comic. <laughs> Cuz like I mean the rest of the page doesn't really look as much like Capullo, but the his Bruce was just like spot on. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, what did you guys think of Eaton's art overall? I, I, you know, he was one of the guys that... Didn't he get a bunch of pages in Future's End last he, year? He, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that I think is, is perfect for a weekly book. You know, mm-hmm. his, his work is, is clear. His storytelling is really good. Like, you know, yeah. especially in that party scene, the storytelling was really, really solid. You know, he may not be my favorite artist out there, but I think he did a, a very nice job with this issue. And it seems like if he's going to be picking up issues here and there, you at least know it'll be a book that makes sense and that reads well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's really important. Sure. I think I mentioned on an earlier podcast that um, that I really enjoyed some of the work he did on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was five years ago. Um, and then I, I didn't, I didn't think much of what he did on on uh, Future's End or whatever it was, um, but I think here, I think he did a really great job for the most part. And like you're like you're saying, as a storyteller, especially the way that he staged that sprawling fight, it was it was always clear what was going on, mm-hmm. and every panel had something new and interesting about it. So. Um, and, and just the way that he, the, the action like flows, like people will run into a scene and they're like the Robins were already taking off their like waiter outfits mm-hmm. or their, um, catering outfits or whatever, you know, it just, it, it, everything really flowed really well for me from one page to the next. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I have two questions for you guys. Can either of you remember what Tim Drake's New 52 origin is? I was going to... Okay, so this is going to kind of touch into my question a little bit. I guess we can go ahead and get to it. But 
if I recall correctly, Tim Drake's not his real name. Is that right? I think so. It was in that Teen Titans Zero issue, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't have handy. I don't have it handy either, and I don't... I kind of feel like maybe... Like, was that storyline resolved later, or... You know, I, know. I, I it's so hard I, to keep up with the Scott Lobdell books, but yeah, I feel like his um, origins did have the stink of Lobdell all over it. It definitely did. <laughs> it definitely did. Uh, because, like, so it, with 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 Dick going to the Drake house, that that leads me to believe one of two things: either Dick knows that Tim is compromised, and he's trying to get answers that way. Because you know, the interaction between Dick and Tim is very tense throughout the whole issue. Yeah, and I guess was that just the call going in and out, or I don't know. Uh, I wasn't really sure. But the other thing was that I don't remember. Like I remember the pre New Fifty Two that the Drakes were around. That Tim's father was around for a long time. Yeah, and then when his father died, it was a really big deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I don't remember the so I, I I don't know if when we see him go to the Drake house if that's supposed to jog something in my continuity zone of my brain, but it's not because I just don't remember his origin. Right. Yeah. See that the first thing I thought was like remembering from that zero issue that I I don't think Drake was his real name, but I never got any follow up to that. So I was going to ask you guys if you remembered anything about that. Did the three of us handle those zero issues or was that the year I just handled them all? Um, you know, I really, uh, I kind of feel like that was before I was working for the site. Yeah, so that might've just been the year I did it all myself, which was yeah. so terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I came in right after that. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, but so that was my question. My, my secondary question was, do you think that Dick thinks Tim is compromised? Um, I would I would assume I so. I mean, I guess, I guess what I thought was Tim's name was on a list. Maybe if they went back to talk to the Drakes, they might find some information on it, you know? Like wh- why, why his name might be on this list from "quote unquote" mother. I guess yeah. that was what I thought when I read it. But now that you're yeah. saying, you know, well, maybe he knows he's compromised. Can I can I clear something up really quick? No, sure. I remember I didn't really. So they were talking about the list in relation to the people who were invited to the to the, the gala. gala, right? Yeah. Um. So is that? All of the people who got activated, all of the Axe people, were those people on the list? That I, I believe so. That's how I okay. read it, at least. Okay. Vince, did you read it the same way? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess so, to, to your point, Vince, he, Dick can't go back and talk to his own parents. Cause, right. Um, do we know Jason's New Fifty Two origin at all? Does he have? I, I just I don't know these things. I these these are this is what makes it tough for me. So, so maybe that does make sense actually that that he knows that Tim's parents are still alive, and therefore he can speak with them. Whereas 
his own parents and possibly Tim's parents. And I don't know what the deal is with Harper Rose parents. I forget now. Well, her dad's in her dad's in jail, right? Yes. And her mom is not alive. I think that's right. Yeah, it sounds right to me. I think Jason's origin is still pretty much the same. I think he spawned out of a can of Red Bull, I think is what. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Um Yeah, uh I I really don't know. So, that was the only part of the comic that seemed uh unclear to me and I don't know if that was purposely left vague or not so I'm not I'm not quite certain sort of what what Dick's level of knowledge is for uh you know for that situation uh anything else to discuss before we move on to our uh one things um, no, I think that's it. Zach, do you have one queued up? Um, let me, let me shift because the name thing was mine. Okay, then I, I, I can go, I guess. Um, one of the things that I, that I've been really enjoying is Stephanie Brown and her uh, just inability to be intimidated by the other members of the Bat family. Like, you know, I, I really enjoyed her. Uh, throwing shit back at Jason, at uh, Jason and Tim when they were talking to her about you know uh, dialing back her role and things like that, and how she was just firing back at them. And I'm so glad that they kept the sort of sass in her character because when we saw her in Batman Eternal, we didn't see enough of her to sort of get a good idea of her personality. You got little bits here and there, and we saw sort of how plucky she was and how resilient she was, but we didn't get to see a lot of her. You know, her personality. And the, like, kiss me sexy Batman. And then her throwing this stuff back in their face. It, I'm really happy that we're seeing a Stephanie Brown I recognize. I, I also, yes, I think I think you're spot on. And uh, I also like how they're, they're kind of trying to or, like, playing at making her the butt monkey, you know? <laughs> and... And she's not having it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I almost think that that's, like, a tip of the hat to the fans, like... Well, we're we're just gonna put her back on the shelf here, and just to like kind of like, you know, irritate them, and then you know, clearly that's not going to be the case, right? Because um, she's such a, a, she has such a specific fan base, yeah, absolutely, of which I'm a part of. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. Uh, gentlemen, anything? I've got I've got something now. I okay. really liked the scene uh, between Dick and Bruce following. Um, the big fight where uh, I guess Dick has his hypnos back on mm-hmm. and Bruce is um, like, Oh, I, I can't really make out your face. I'm, do you think it's a concussion? <laughs> and Dick's just like, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that must be it. I, I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my, my one thing is, um, well, it, it's not even so much in this book, but it was kind of across all the, the bat family books this week. Um, including Batgirl and Grayson, I, I kind of like. So we we've been talking about the Bat Youth quite a bit, but I just want to reiterate how much I like that they've de-aged some of these characters, or at least are treating them like they're a little younger. Um, the 
you can quibble about the characterization of Barbara and Dick at this point. You know, they, they kind of allude to their relationship in this issue, which is something that uh, Batgirl number 45 this week kind of delved into uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and I know some people are quibbling with that. Like, it feels like we're taking steps back or something. But I really like... Um, I really like how young everyone feels and how inexperienced everyone feels and the mistakes that are being made. Um, because another thing is that like people like to say, you know, these heroes are much too smart to be making these mistakes. You know, like Barbara Gordon's one of the smartest people in the DC universe or Tim Drake is one of the smart, you know, Mm Like they're too smart to make these mistakes, but that's that doesn't make for an enjoyable comic. Like right, and Tim's sixteen. Yeah, exactly. They're young. You know, it's it's not because they're not smart. It's because they're young and inexperienced. And I like how the different co- comics were all playing on that this week, as well as folding in some like relationship issues and stuff like that. It really feels like a return to like the, the quote unquote young justice type comic. Uh, that's been missing for a while. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, did you guys get a sense of that too? Yeah, I was actually going to say that um, it's it's not the proper terminology, but I'm really enjoying the elevation of Dick and Barbara to almost like the middle age group. Like they're mm-hmm. definitely above the kids. Yeah, but they're still well, yeah, below you get that, Bruce. You get that great moment where Dick and uh, Duke. Yes, exactly. You know, meet up, and he's like, you know, I'm the first one who wore that that R. Yeah, and that was a great moment. I think. Yeah, I really enjoy that, and I feel like what's the equally great part is that Jason is straddling those two lines, but he so badly wants to be with Dick and Barbara, yeah. but you know that Dick kind of looks at him still like he's not. Right. Right. And I think the relationship stuff has has been really great. I'm really enjoying it. What did you guys think about the amount of references were, that were made to recent books? I feel like this this um, Batman and Robin Eternal is even more tied into the current line than Batman Eternal was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think anything yeah, don't was either. so egregious that if you... Like, I hadn't read Bat- Batgirl 45 yet. Mm-hmm. So I saw there was a reference to that, but I didn't feel like I had to put down the book read that and come back. You know, right. it seems like it's it's relatively well paced in the sense that you get more color if you're reading the whole line, but you can read this and be totally fine too. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add? I think no. That wraps it up, yeah. All right, under 20 minutes. This is good. <laughs> um, so thanks for listening guys we'll be back next Saturday with another installment in between them we're going to have a regular episode of the DC3 cast uh, coming out on Wednesday morning so make sure to look out for that until then you can follow me on Twitter I am at Brian Needs a Nap I am at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I and I'm at SirFox89 and uh, back in a couple days have a good one peace